February 11th, and this is episode number 14 of The Grail. Welcome aboard, everybody, new listeners, old listeners. Let's get into it today. It's more pinball on The Grail. I don't know about you, but I grew up playing pinball. Pinball was my babysitter. Mom would just drop me off at the arcade. I'd be in there all damn day. And with only about $5, I could play about 10 hours of pinball and go home with $2.50. You had to get good so your, uh, your time at the arcade wasn't boring. There was nothing funnier than being out of money and doing the shameless walk through the pinball aisles, checking the coin slots for quarters or looking up on the machine to see if somebody matched and didn't realize it, and there's a credit up there. This is all pinball lingo. Tilting, credits, uh, bumpers, flippers, everything. And it is uh, my guest, Gary Stern's life for many, many years now. Most of his life, he has been in pinball. His father was in pinball. He's in pinball. He's 75 years old. On it, very, very cool. Loves what he does. That is the main thing I got out of this episode and what I get out of all the episodes of The Grail is these people love what they do. And in the time of COVID, there's no better time than to reassess your life and realize, am I doing what I dig? And if you're not, take a chance and start over. I know that sounds fucking crazy, but you got to start somewhere and starting over would probably be the best place to start. If not, I dig it. I dig it. You, you, you know, right on. Do what you do, man. Anyway, Gary Stern is the owner of Stern Pinball, the last big, big, big company that makes pinball machines. Of course, I had Spooky Pinball on before. They're a small boutique, very cool company. This is the other end. This is a big company that's uh, responsible for some of the greatest games I've played in the last 10 years. And a lot of those games have to do with rock and roll. The Iron Maiden game, the Aerosmith machine, the ACDC machine, the New Kiss machine, Beatles, Elvis, Rolling Stones, and now a machine that has absolutely knocked me out, the brand new Led Zeppelin game, which is something I didn't think would ever happen. And I cannot even tell you how much I love the Led Zeppelin 3 pinball machine. There's three versions, and the Led Zeppelin 3 is just unreal. Anyway, I'm going to talk to Gary Stern today, and then I'm going to talk to Tim Sexton, who helped design and develop the Led Zeppelin machine, and that will be on next week. So a little back-to-back pinball, which I think is fun. I love pinball, and I know a lot of people in this world love pinball because uh, it's as hot as ever, especially people are buying them for their houses, getting into it. Video games are cool. They're fun, but there's something about pinball. It's got soul. It's like old architecture out in Palm Springs. You see it and you go, sure, there's a bunch of cool houses over there, but look at this. And uh, that's pinball for me. This episode is brought to you by my good friend, Mark Brunot. You know, he's got a podcast now. He is king of the Dell Razors, and uh, his podcast is called A Rock and Roll Rabbit Hole. He's got six episodes out right now. Episode six has just dropped. It's a deep rabbit hole dive on songs that have the word fuck in them. And you can subscribe and check it out on the Apple Podcast app or on your Spotify or a rockandrollrabbithole.com. All right. Mark Brunot's podcast is a weekly music podcast that takes a positive fanboy's look 
deep dive into great songs, artists, and bits of songs that fall under random themes. Every episode is tied together with YouTube interviews, facts, and stories. Check it out. Don't forget a rockandrollrabbithole.com and subscribe to it and also subscribe to The Grail if you have not. I want to thank everybody that's been uh, listening to this. We were in the top 10 last week. We, I say we now because it's you guys and myself. We are celebrating artists and handmade goods. I'm going to get into it. Gary Stern here out there in Chicago, tearing it up, making 70 pinball machines a day right now during COVID. 70 that is so damn cool. And this guy was just, this guy is festive. 75. He's the type of guy you want to be at 75. Just alive, playing pinball, going to concerts when he could. You know, all of it. He built the Ted Nugent machine in the 70s. And when I found that out, my head exploded. Fantastic guest. And thank you, everybody, for joining today. Do not forget to uh, join the Patreon also for bonus episodes of Let There Be Talk. That's patreon.com slash Dean Del Rey. If you are looking for a handmade guitar, look no further than where everybody goes. I'm talking about the one and only Banker Guitars. You want to know who Banker Guitars is? Just look at your heroes out there right now. Marcus King, Scott Holliday, uh, Charlie Starr from Blackberry Smoke, my good man Brent Hines from Mastodon. The list goes on and on. Everybody is getting a handmade guitar from my man Matt at Banker Guitars. Email him. Tell him I sent you. Go to his website, bankerguitar.com, or... Hit up his Instagram and see this guy's insane work. He just threw up this crazy V today. Oh, my God. It's killer. Uh, his Instagram is Mr. Banker Custom. All right. Thank you, everybody. Have a great weekend. Here he is, Gary Stern of Stern Pinball. Uh, introduce yourself, my man. I'm Gary Stern, and I am the uh, CEO, president, and bottle washer, whatever else at Stern Pinball. Yeah, Stern yeah. Pinball. This is what a great guest. Uh, I had uh, Spooky Pinball on a small boutique company, and yeah, yeah they're cool. They're yep, cool. Yeah. But I definitely knew that I had to talk to the Grand Poobah of uh, pinball right now i mean you guys are the only uh big company left right well we're the big company yeah we're, we're 85 according to the market survey 85 90 percent of the market and we're we're unique in that it was, we have three market segments this is a business spiel so so you'll probably bore people but we have three market segments and, and maybe four but the three market segments we have game operators which means we have people in, in bar arcades playing games. They're the ultimate customer, the game player, but the operator is using it as a business. We have enthusiast uh, collectors. Uh, and then the third that we have is what we call general homeowners or rec room buyers, somebody who just wants a game for their home. And right now with the pandemic, a lot of people need home entertainment. Uh, there's a, Even though it's snowing outside where I am right now, where are you, Dean? I'm in Los Angeles. It's nice yeah. 70 out today. Yeah, my daughter works in the film industry. My son-in-law, they're there. But you're you got a mess going on there, so yeah. uh, it's very frightening. Having said that, because of that kind of mess, uh, people need entertainment at home. And even though it's snowing here, it's a one-year wait for an in-ground swimming pool. I'm told so. Better to play pinball at home. <laughs> so we're we're very busy. So the three segments: game operation on the street, uh, enthusiast collector, and just general homeowner a fourth segment which we have in led zeppelin and in some games is the title collector somebody who's really into zeppelin and wants to buy it was really into beatles i've got a beatles diamond back i have in my office a beatles diamond because 
last year they were afraid, last December, year end, they were afraid it'd be 20, 2019 that it'd get shipped. And no, don't ship that. Go back to the last note. Leave that. So I said, well, okay, put it in my office and nobody will make a mistake. And then they've left it here. I don't know. So <laughs> any event, so we do have that fourth leg uh, is the, uh, is, is the uh, uh, collector of the title itself. But what's so important, and we're talking about, you know, we're the, the major company in the business, is that uh, we're making games uh, for collectors, for enthusiasts, for general homeowners. But reason, you know, the pro model is priced right for the game operator to have on the, on the street. And if we don't have games on the street, and, and yeah, some people operate premiums, especially if the, uh, if the uh, bar or, uh, or bowling alley or what have you, if their customer base is, uh, is uh, enthusiasts, you know, maybe they'll buy the, they should buy the premium. But generally, you know, for just casual players, the pro, uh, and that's what I take home. I take home the pro of every game so I can try and learn it and be ready to, 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 to pitch it, if you would. But um, if we don't have games on the street, if we don't have games on operation, then the guy who's 20 years old now, when he is uh, when he's uh, 40 years old and wants a game for the home, he's going to buy an iPhone, an old iPhone, because it'll be old then so that he can play games there. We need people playing our games. And then once they get into it, it's fun. And they have a great time. We're a ball and bat game. But if, if we don't have people operating games and putting them on the street, as we say, then 20 years from now, the guys collecting games will have a few games and, you know, they'll be, don't touch it. It's an antique. Don't play it. It's in the corner to look at. No, these games are to be played. That's what they're all about. So we make three new cornerstone games a year, a pro, a premium, and LE. We make a new one at the change of the year, end of December, beginning of January. Um, so that we get, enter the European market and the bar market and the, the refresh of people who need, you know, who have just returned all their Christmas gifts and need to spend their money on something. That's on our games, please. In April, you know, it's the summer, the, summer, the uh, you know, the, the season for game operation and so forth. We it, Again, and in August, for September, we start building a, a, the third one so that we have another game for the fall market, the Christmas market, the uh, the bar market is as people are stopping the outdoor activities and coming back inside. I own bars, so I, I remember that. Uh, that's another thing I did. But having said that, we are, uh, we, I'm giving you a lot more than, than, than you really probably wanted, but that's, that's the business model. It's, you know, occasionally a studio game. We've got the home only game. Uh, we do some private label. Um, uh, we occasionally we re release the game as a vault. We stole that name from Disney because uh, you know every 20 years out comes Cinderella and you know, the funny little hats and all that. That that's the model. That's what we're doing, and it's important that people have games out in the public, in the wild, in the wild as we call it, in the public, and that that the customers go and play not just in their homes but in the wild, so that these games you know keep being out there. And go to a social thing. It's a it's a social game, you know. It's a ball and bat game, but it's social. Nobody plays baseball by themselves. You don't even want to play golf by yourself. I don't no. play golf at all, but that's yeah. just. <laughs> now, when I I was young, to buy a pinball machine, there was just a there was two for sale. I remember at Sears, and I think Bally made them. Ah, yeah, they did. Yeah, one one was Fireball, and the other one was Evil Knievel. Evil Knievel. Yeah, yep. and they and they were kind of a cheaper, small version. You remember that? Yeah, I do. And if you you remember, they they pulled back all the evil Knievels after uh, Sears said, "Oh no, you guys got to take these back." He just he just beat the heck out of somebody with a baseball bat. Yeah, so, yeah boom! Yeah. They all came back. Yeah. They, same game, different artwork. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. So they just yeah. changed yeah. it to firepower or something. Yeah. Fireball. Well, they, they were making. I think it was the same. The same game. I may right. be wrong, but right. I think. We're, it was a plastic molded play field. It was very interesting. And it was a smaller machine. Oh, yes. Yeah, really... a smaller machine. Yeah. Now, we make a home game, the pin, two different art packages for uh, for Star Wars, and it's non-coin-op. It has a full-size play field, and it has real pinball parts and drop target and the whole routine, but it's not coin-op. And, uh, you know, it, it's, a, it's a little cheaper. It retails uh, it, uh, for... Uh, 39.99 uh, MSRP so you get it for much. Well, 
let's get into your history of pinball. I mean, um, I don't know how old you are, but uh, I've been, <laughs> like I said. I can answer that in one word. <laughs> I'm old. I'm old. I had to move for a little bit. I'm 75. Uh, 75? So say, yeah, I'm 75. So that I say that, I, yes, in June, I'll be 76. That's a ways yet. But uh, um, in, in June of uh, 2030, I'll be uh, 85. <laughs> I hope so, but I hope that I'm able to move well and everything. How do you get into pinball? Um, in my case, I've been in it, I'm 75, so I've been in it for 73 years. My father, Sam Stern, started, he died before we started this company. He died in 84. We started this company in 86. But he, he was a game operator in Philadelphia in the 30s. And as many game operators became a game distributor, a reseller, so he could get the games cheaper and he could get them uh, uh, earlier than his competitors, and then he sold to his competitors and ultimately became a distributor. So in uh, 1947, when he was a, a, um, a 35-year-old punk kid, and I can say that because I'm 75. Dad, you were only 35 at the time. So uh, he, he came to Chicago to see his supplier, Harry Williams of the Williams Pinball Company. Oh, yeah. And kidding around, he sat behind Harry's desk. I can't do that here, but he put his feet up on the desk and kidding around said, eh, why don't you sell me the company? Yeah. Harry says, uh, let me think about that. He goes up in his airplane. Harry had a Bonanza, which was the one with a little detail. Flew around Chicago for three hours, came down and sold my father half of Williams. Wow. So since I've been two, I've been in the, we're big believers in nepotism here. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I'm second generation. Uh, many of the people who are, are here have been with me since the start of this company or earlier. Uh, Shelly Sachs, who works with me, she's not here today, but she's she and I have been together, I guess, 40 years or so. Um, she says she's the oldest woman, been the woman that's been in my life the longest. Doug Score in charge of our international sales. His father uh, ran uh, worldwide distributing here, and he ran it. Uh, 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 Bill Craven's son, Ryan Cravens, uh, works here in in, in charge of uh, our whole parts and accessories and merchandise business. Bill was a very good friend of mine. Uh, so there's a lot of people, you know, around who, uh, who've been around and, uh, and especially there's a lot, listen, you look at anything else, you got actors, kids become actors or, or producers or directors. Shoemakers kids are named shoemaker because they became shoe, they made shoes. Uh, doctors, kids and lawyers, kids became doctors and lawyers. President's kids become presidents like, like the Bushes and, and the Adams way back when. So, you know, you, you grow up around something and you learn it and, and, and it becomes part of your life. Uh, and, and pinball is part of my life. Unlike, uh, you know, they teach you, and, and I have an undergraduate degree in business from a long time ago. It's changed a lot. But they teach you you're supposed to be in love with business, not with your business. And I violate the rule. The rule. I'm in love with the pinball business and I'm in love with the pinball machines. Williams was a huge, huge uh, hitter back then. Yeah, my father bought Harry out. He was the president of it in 1964. He sold it to a public company called Seberg, and ultimately they changed its name to Williams, and Seberg was a jukebox company. I owned Seberg once. Everybody should own Seberg once. <laughs> so you get in, and... Um... Are you are you playing pinball like crazy, or was it just something that you got into because your family? Family, uh, yeah, but I did play, you know, and so forth. Now I'm old and slow, uh, uh, and I live in an apartment in downtown Chicago, so I only have one game in the apartment. Uh, and uh, I got a well, we have a a, a gameplay room. I'm going to say room, a gameplay part of the factory here, but it's pretty much closed because of all this the. Uh, COVID protections that we're taking, but yeah, I, they'll turn them on for me. Uh, but we, we don't have them open for play like we, we used to. Um, but um, I have these two old games in here, as I said. Um, but I, I now I bring home the pro version of the next game to my apartment. So I get to play it a little, learn it a little. Uh, you know, business has become bigger and, you know, more involved. And I, I, I used to be even more involved in the games themselves. Uh, now we've got experts with uh, under George uh, Gomez, who's the greatest. Uh, you know, he's our head of uh, product development. 
our chief creative officer. And uh, so I take the, the latest game home and I uh, uh, learn it and so forth and get used to it. And as I'm writing about it, I have it right there. I can go refer to it in the middle of the night. Um, but, you know, we have a, we have a, a job here uh, a little bit curtailed right now because of COVID, but we're still continuing where during it curtailed because a lot of the uh, development people are working from home. Um, the factory's running, uh, you know, there's uh, typically 250 people in this building on any day. Wow. Um, with lots of COVID protection. We've got dividers everywhere. We spread things to temperatures taken. You go out to smoke a cigarette. I don't smoke but anymore, but you go out, they take your temperature to come back in. There's only one doorway. Truck drivers come in. They got to have their temperature taken. Um, we have dividers, as I said, and we have cornered the market. You cannot buy a clear shower curtain in the Chicagoland area. We own every one of them, and they're hung between workstations. Right? <laughs> so uh, everybody's wearing masks uh, in the office. We do so many Zoom. Yeah, I'm in the office, but if I meet with somebody else, even in the office, I'm probably meeting with them on Zoom So because we're very, very careful. We don't want anybody sick. Um, we want... Uh, we want to protect, uh, you know, our, our co-workers and we want to keep making games for people. And if everyone gets sick, then what happens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So any event. So yeah, he bought into Williams then. And so a lot of us come to this business from be being around it. And then once they're in it, you know, our, our purchasing uh, guy, the, the head purchasing guy, he, he started in the stock room in Bali and he's been with us for, near let's well he came to us we started in 87 he's probably ran our stock room in 88 89 and been here you know all that time his son works here what was there there was there was williams there was bally's and there was uh what was the third one Gottlieb and chicago coin chicago coin was the smallest one of them right chicago right. coin yeah i i bought them out of a bank foreclosure once and had them for a while wow yeah and Gottlieb, i forgot about them Gottlieb was the king at one point. Uh, they were the king. They didn't make the crossover well from electromechanical to solid state. And uh, they made a different kind of game. It was a little little slower than the games are today, than the games were in the 80s and 90s. They were a little slower. Yeah. So they, where the rest of us used a 8-bit microprocessor, they used a 4-bit microprocessor. What does that mean? I have no earthly idea. I have no <laughs> earthly idea, but I know this, you know, the one, I guess one can eat more than the other because it's one's got four bits and the other's got uh, eight bits. I don't, I don't know. Your customers, your, your listeners know what I'm talking about. I don't. So uh, my, my thing that I think is amazing is the survival of pinball. Uh, you know, each time you think it's out, you know, pinball was huge in the seventies. And then here comes, uh, here comes Pong. And then here comes uh, Space Invaders, Asteroids, and Foosball, which were all battling for quarters. So Pinball was uh, taking a little corner there for a minute, and then it bounces back again. And then it bounces back again and again and again. It always comes back and kills. And right now, it seems to be bigger than ever. It is. It is. It is. I'm not going to say than ever because in in '93 we were bigger overall, but there was no competition like we have now. There was no internet. There was no streaming. Uh, your your TV shows, uh, um, it, and it was only uh, it was only competing with other out of home entertainment. There was very little in home. Now we're in home. Everyone's got you know video consoles at home. Uh, much better than a lot of times in the video games in 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 outside locations, unless they're really simulators. So. But we are growing and growing back and um, up significantly over the last decade, uh, both in the uh, number of games and in the, the player base, the type of players. Again, we have those three player segments. The, the key to it is the games are fun. They're, 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 it's not brain surgery. You can, yeah, there's deep rules for the great player and they can strategize. Or for somebody like me, it's a ball and bat game. I'm going to go out there and, you know, if I was playing basketball, well, baseball, it's got a bat. I need the ball and bat part of it, the flipper. Uh, you know, I'm going to whack at the ball and so forth. I'm not great. And other people can be great ball players. Uh, 
the golfers. I'm not a golfer, but my, my brother is a, a retired doctor. So that was one of the courses in medical school playing golf for Wednesday afternoons. So he, um, you know, he, he plays golf. Well, you know, it's a, it's a ball and bad game. You can be a great golfer. You can just enjoy yourself. Same, same, it's just a good game. And as Harry Williams said, uh, the great game designer, the ball is wild. It's your equalizer, your random randomizer. And uh, which means sometimes I can play with Keith, uh, Keith here, uh, and uh, uh, who's one of the great game designers, but one of the great competitors. And uh, maybe I got a chance because that ball is random and maybe I get, you know, I get that lucky ball. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now you start the company in what, 86? How does this all happen? Your dad owns Williams and then uh, you decide to start your own and what's going on there? Well, William, Williams, he sold in 1964 to Seaberg. And, and I, after practicing law for a little while, I worked there for a time and then went out and did some of my own game stuff. Um, had the Chicago coin, uh, bought it out of a uh, foreclosure and then used it for a while. In 1986, I needed a job and there weren't a lot of jobs for presidents of pinball companies. Yeah. So I had to start a pinball company. So we got Data East which is a Japanese video company with a California office to invest with us in Data East Pinball. That was in 86. In 94, we sold it from Data East to Sega, which was a 20% shareholder in Data East. So we sold it to their parent or their, their shareholder. And Sega. it became Sega Pinball. Remember Same them company. Sega Genesis yeah, and all that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Big company. And in 99, when they realized that Pinball is a nice business, but it's not big enough for a two, three billion dollar company to really pay attention to. Um, so they sold it to me and my group. Um, so we, you know, but it's the same corporation. We just changed the name to protect the innocent. It, it was uh, started out as Data East Pinball, owned by Data East. Uh, the shares were sold to Sega, and Sega changed his name to Sega Pinball, and the shares were sold to the Stern Group. And we changed his name to Stern Pinball. But it's the same corporation all the way along. So we we date back to uh, September of 1986. First game, Laser War here, um, was um, the uh, spring show in uh, in uh, New Orleans in uh, 1987. What is the first game you make under the Stern title? My gosh. <laughs> I stumped you. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You did. Was we, uh, did we switch Harley to Stern? I'm not sure. I don't remember. I don't. To tell you the truth, I well, I got to write that down. I better know that fact for the future. Uh, 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 what one of your one of your listeners will tell you that. Yep. All right. Now here's my question. Yeah. When does the rock and roll pinball start, and what are the procedures of going through that do you go through the band management how does this all start let's get into that uh, okay everyone's a little bit different um i mean i remember in the 70s we had ted nugent and kiss yeah they're, yeah they're yeah huge, I, and the rolling I, stones yeah i built ted nugent that you one did? was unique yeah that was the old stern built ted nugent that was ours yeah wait really and, yeah yeah that was stern electronics not stern pinball that was wow. from 76 to 84 i had stern electronics which was the leftovers of chicago coin you did and ted nugent yeah yeah and, and yeah. We, who did kiss uh bally did kiss and we did and we did kiss here in fact we have we have one of the original and the same artist uh kevin o'connor did the back glass on both uh there's certain similarities in in the design of them and uh we have the uh one of the bally ones here which one of our folks is dying to get from us oh yeah uh, and, and uh and we have uh uh and we made uh the, our own kiss of course you did ted nugent can you remember how that deal went down oh yeah i can very well a bally tommy neiman at bally had just started uh licensing uh games and so uh, Epic Record, Records and We Magazine. We Magazine, if you remember, was a, a competitor to Playboy. Some of your people may not remember. Some of you. We, um, we, uh, they, uh, uh, they were doing a Nugent, and they contacted Tommy and said, "We want to get a couple games made with this artwork." And Tommy says, "Well, you know, we're Bally was the king at the time, uh, and you know, we can't do that and so forth." So, 
call start. Yeah. So, so, so Tommy refers him to me. I said, sure, we'll do it, but we've got to make a whole run of games. You need to give me the license overall. So the artwork on that game matched the magazine cover and the album cover. Yeah, Weekend Warriors. Yeah, so they were all the same cover. Is Ted involved at all? He, well, he, I met him. He came by, of course. He was, uh, you know, uh, great in the uh, in the factory. I, he came by. We did PR shots with all the uh, all the factory workers were were loving it because he rode in a cabinet down the assembly line and all that. Uh, and went to hear one of his concerts with uh, with a, a bunch of us. And uh, Kaufman, Steve Kaufman, was one of my best friends and was our head of sales. He, we had a basketball team for the company. And uh, our personnel assistant director of personnel, our assistant head of personnel, uh, was the uh, uh, relative of the plant manager. And he was he had played basketball at University of Illinois. So he, we'd get the team and it would go to play basketball. And after the first quarter, he would pick up guys that could play, you know, that were there at the Y so that we'd win. And said, our guys are out. But Kaufman, he gets his leg broken. During, during one of these games. So he's got this cast on, and we're up listening to, to Nugent at the Aragon Ballroom here. And he said, we got to go. We got to go. He said, why? The cast from the music was vibrating off his legs from Nugent's music. So out we go. Out we go. <laughs> so that, yeah. was, that was your first rock and roll pinball machine then, Stern. Uh, well, it's not this Stern. It's the other Stern. But, we yeah, we made that game. I guess I've got to think back, uh, I guess. Uh, but, you know, since those times, we've made, uh, God, what have we made? Elvis here. Uh, uh, you, you're going to remember better, better than me, Aerosmith, Elvis. Uh, Iron Maiden. Uh, I, well, you know, funny thing is that my customer in uh, Norway said to me when we were making Rolling Stones, which was a dream for me, yeah. um, uh, that, you know, his his older customers were into it, but his younger customers all wanted ACDC, yeah. Kiss, Metallica, and Iron Maiden. Now, maybe we're out of titles because we've made all of those. Those are fantastic games. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, rock and roll, you know, you want music to a game, you, you want to, you want them, you want multiple music in a game, even if it's if it's a music game or, or you know, rock and roll game or not. And you want to, you know, so you want different music. You want to be able to select your music. You want to be able to hear, be nice. Well, in Led Zeppelin, we play the song all the way through. Wow. Now, there's none of these little quips and it keeps changing. We're going to play the song all the way through. But you got to have the music that's good to, to play to. I used to talk about, I got to be able to dance to my pinball machine. You know, I got to be able to move to it. I got to move to it. You know. Well, that was the biggest thing at the arcade was you were hearing rock and roll in the arcade while you were playing. So you're just in this world, man. And, and, you know, you got Judas Priest on and you're going, fuck. Yeah. And you're just in this killer world of pinball and rock. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, so eighties, yeah. you know, I remember the eighties. Yeah, so do I, so do I, barely. Barely, I was, but you remember, I was in my 30s and 40s in the 80s. Oh my God, yeah, because you're 70, I forgot, yeah. Yeah, I'm 75. I got a whole different vision, on, how old are you? I'm 55. I see you're a baby, my God, you got so much to, to, to see yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when I'm 85, then in, in uh, 2030, you can come around and push my wheelchair for me as we go play football. Now, do you have meetings? How does this happen? Once a year, do you sit around and the guys go, look, let's try to get ACDC this year and let's go so, through so that you're process. Asking, how do we get a title? How do we pick a title? How do we pick a Avengers? How do we do this? Um, there's a number of things that go on. Uh, certainly we're, you know, we're reading all the time, uh, you know, what in the press and the, you know, or what have you. Well, not in the press anymore. Now you do it on a computer, you know, but what, what's, what's, uh, uh, popular hip hop, but whatever you want to call it. Um, we go to, a, 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 except for this year, we go to the licensing show and to the toy fair where all your licensors are there, the movie companies, uh, the, the licensors for, for bands, what have you. Jody Dankberg, who does our licensing work, 
he had a, his own amp company that he sold and he had a uh, and he worked for one of the guitar companies with artist relations and so he knows a lot of a lot of people in the music side we go so we go to these various things and everything we got interest so now we have three cornerstone games a year remember three main titles plus maybe a studio game if somebody else brings us something so we're going to have meetings every month or two uh, talk about titles where we have a a part in the schedule we happen to be booked you know through uh 2023 i keep saying i'm not booking a title for when i'm 80 you know we got at least something op open so and you have product development which is uh george gomez uh marketing and sales john Viscalia, dave my partner me jody and then some uh, you know the people working on the scheduling and what have you and we talk about the titles and one thing that's important is george has to see if we can, and sometimes the licensor will come in and pitch us, uh, it has to see if the uh, if there's people in the design group that are interested in this title and where they fit in the design plan. Because it's 14, 15 months to design a pinball machine. We're doing wow. you know three or four at a time. So um, if, if nobody's interested in it, the creative juices are, you can't tell somebody, make me, uh, you know, uh, you, you can't tell Michelangelo, Pay me a Picasso if he doesn't want to paint a Picasso. You're not going to get a Picasso. I'll right, get Picasso. I get it. So if he comes in and he's, if he says, if he comes in and says, "Hey, we want to do a Blue Oyster Cult game," and the guy's like, ah, I'm, not, "I'm not really juiced on that," then you're not going to pursue it. If, if nobody they, wants to do it, you know, and then there's some things they're going to want to do. Well, you out of your minds, you know. So, so, so it goes both ways, you know. And some things we just think are fun ideas. When you're at these conventions, these licensing conventions, are there just like a group there that are like we represent ACDC and you go. Yeah, oh. but 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 we also have direct contact. Like we did ACDC with their uh, with the uh, handwalker, the uh, uh, Alvin is the uh, manager right. uh, direct to the manager. Sometimes you're dealing with the licensing company, sometimes with the band management. Um, and again, Jody's the expert on that. Um and, and a lot of the stuff, you know, I used to do all this at one point, but now, again, I'm 75. We got and we're bigger. It's not just that the business is bigger. It's more complex. It's very complex. The world's much more complex than it was when I did Nugent. Uh, you know, that was that was easy. But the games are more complex. You know, the uh, in, you know, there's so many other different competitions. The technology is much, much greater. The business is more complex because this is the uh, only yeah. way bands make money now by licensing out logos and, and all that because people give the get the music free. Yeah, that's true. You know, the whole the whole structure of uh, music has changed. Yeah. So the logo of a band is all they really got, especially right now with no touring. It's well, like, this they got, got the logo. They probably own some art, or they may own their own music. Uh, maybe they may own their own performances. Maybe uh, they may own some of their video. Maybe right. You know, right. Depends what they kept ownership of uh, over the years. Right. Um, right. And certainly, there's no touring right now. So you know, you know, record sales are what and. Uh, and uh, and touring doesn't you know exist. I don't know what the model is for uh, uh, for uh, streaming tour you know tours. Uh, some pay for pay for stream stuff. Uh, I don't I don't know what the model is for that. I don't. And hopefully you know with this. Uh, listen, I'm 75. I'm in what's called Group One B for vaccination, and I want my vaccination. I haven't been on an airplane. I've had more stuff stuck up my nose and tested because I have grandchildren, and you know I've got a, a grandbaby here and. A, and a three-year-old out in, uh, in in your area in L.A. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because my two, as I said, my two uh, kids out there. My daughter is a uh, uh, second AD, is assistant director, and my son-in-law is the best boy lighting, lighting, uh, sometimes the lighting guy in general. So they they're working out there, and of course that's pretty dicey right now in L.A. So. It really is. Yeah. Let's get into how the Led Zeppelin one comes about, because what we're talking about here is Led Zeppelin is basically a crown jewel and uh, one of the hardest, hardest bands to get licensed on anything. Yeah, they don't they, license much. 
they learned a lot from their manager, Peter Grant, coming up that uh, they're not going to get ripped off. They're not going to uh, sled out their logo or anything. So how does this happen and what is their involvement, if any? Um, I would say uh, very tenacious is what you have to be. Uh, we originally, before Jody was here, uh, Mark Schoenberg worked with me. I can remember being at Toy Fair maybe it was licensing show when it used to be a Javits in New York. And we met with somebody from the agent. And at that time, you know, the problem was you got four people, well, three people, four people, including the estate or the wife, uh, Bonham's wife. Yeah. And uh, so they have to agree on, on what you're doing. And, and all these things are, uh, whenever you do a licensed title, you have personalities, whether it be actors or musicians or whatever that have to agree with it all. So, you know, this went through a different life, couple different licensing groups over the years. And we started actually with one and got, got an agreement with, you know, to do it. Uh, they shifted over to um, Mark, one of the, their the agent uh, took over handling it, uh, all stuff. Jody's works all this through. And, uh, um, but everything, you know, when you do a licensed title and music games, certainly the same, you're going to license, you got to license the, game, the, the title and whatever they have, you're going to have to license some film probably, you know, or if they don't own it. And if it's a TV or movie like Batman 66 or something, um, you're going to have to license the music and you have both performance and publishing rights that, that are probably two different places. Yeah. Uh, so there's. There's a lot involved in that. In the case of Led Zeppelin, we got 10 songs, and the agreement is we'll play them all the way through. Wow. And we do. Instead of, you know, usually a music game, you know, you, you pick your song. First of all, you can pick your own song, any of the 10 songs on, on this. And um, in a music game, good times, bad times, communication breakdown, whole lot of love, immigration song, cashmere, black dog, ramble on, rock, rock and roll, uh, Trampled underfoot, uh, the song remains the same. Badass. Badass. Yeah. So we got 10 songs in there, and we're going to play each of them all the way through. And uh, and the, But because we're playing them all the way through, uh, I'm not answering your question. I'm talking about the game. I'll come back to your question. Because we're playing them all the way through, and there's certain things you have to do for each song different, well, we refresh that. We change, you know. Well, every time another uh, chorus or verse starts, we're going to refresh the lights that you have to light or the, this, the targets you got to do or so forth. We're going to refresh it because we want to play the song and they want us to play the song all the way through. Yeah, you can change it at, uh, at, um, at, uh, uh, at the beginning of each fall. You know, I, 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 I remember that uh, I was sitting in, uh, in one of our old buildings in product. I, I used to be right in the middle of product development. And I'm listening and I don't remember what game we were making, but the same song was playing all the time. Now, I owned bars. Uh, I owned a, uh, uh, in the early 70s, I owned a, what I call a hippie jazz and blues club with some other people, and then part of a thousand seat nightclub. And I know that if I was bartending and I was playing the same song over and over, starting the same song each time, I'm going to take my shoe and throw it through the goddamn game. Pardon my French. <laughs> because, you know, we need to, you know, it's, you know, the ball is wild. The game's always a little different. You know, it, it's, it's, yeah, you got skill, you can control it, but it's a randomizer. So in any event, uh, back to, back to what we do here, we have to, you know, submit plans and so forth to the licensor, in this case, to the, uh, the agent that's handling it, who's submitting it to, you know, to, to whichever the parties are going to approve, you know, approve it, who wants to see it, sometimes everybody. In that case, you know, they all vote periodically, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's a process. It's a big, it's hard. It's hard because you got to make everybody happy. When we did our first Batman, this is an old, old story. The first one had Michael Keaton as Batman, and he thought his jowls were, so on the play, we had to redraw him a bunch of times. Uh, I think it was Kim Bassinger. We had to do her yeah, legs. Yeah. We had to do her legs seven times. And we couldn't find Jack Nicholson. He was depressed in the south of France somewhere. So it was a bitch of a time to get his approval of his likeness, that type of thing. So, you know, it's always something. Now, when it comes to Zeppelin, 
their okay so they they one of their rules was they wanted the song to play all the way through um and what was i understand it that's the way it's told right. to me you know that's, and so that's then, what we do what was the decision on the artwork because you do the first record and then you do the swan song label logo and then you do this one so what you you know the the Icarus story what it what it comes from what the Icarus is about right it's it, it's mythology and the Icarus uh, he made he made wings of uh, uh, feathers yeah, and wax flew too he close to the sun to the sun melted and went down just like a lot of rock stars <laughs> that's where that comes from yeah and the Zeppelin you know is a you know same type of thing um, the band was cool with three different artworks. Did they? Well, yeah, we, we have to have three different artworks, one for a pro or premium alley. Sometimes we do color waves and sometimes we do, but we have three very distinct art, art packages on this game. And it was, you know, again, if you're a Zeppelin fan, you know, these, yeah. you know, these, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 My ex-wife's, my ex-wife's got to have one of each of the back glasses. She's a big, you know, she, she's a, she, you know, she, my kids know rock and roll much better than I do. And so is my ex-wife because instead in carpooling when they were little, she didn't quiz on state capitals. Yeah. She quizzed on rock and roll. We had the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, when the, uh, the 39 year old was like 15, uh, we went to the stones and she bought, she bought for, uh, Aaron and Aaron's girlfriend, uh, not up with us, but stones tickets in, 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 in the, uh, in the stadium, you know, in uh, Soldier's Field, she said, "No, it's part of her. It's part of her rock and roll education." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can write that yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I get a tax deduction on those tickets for. Uh, I should have done that for for uh, you know for tuition. <laughs> let's let, let's talk about uh, a machine that I don't understand hasn't been built and i think it could be the greatest machine ever built and that would be jaws yeah oh <laughs> yeah it's a great title great He's, title you stole it out great there title. like you're working well, on it you know you know one of the funny things is that we use code names for our games yeah and we use jaws for one and it got out and everybody thought we were making jaws you know we called it jaws it wasn't you know it wasn't jaws i think i was at the wasn't Avengers. It was, uh, uh, I think we called Jurassic Park's code name was Jaws. Wow. So are you making Jaws? <laughs> you know, we, 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 we never talk about our future games. We talk about what we, what we have today for the marketplace. Uh, oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, oh, but it's, it's certainly an interesting title, you know, oh. uh, <laughs> yeah. buy, buy an old nippet. Buy an old nippet and change change the alligator to a uh, to a shark, huh? Oh, oh my God, dude! Jaws is no. I didn't say we're doing that. I didn't I, say we're doing that. I know. I, we're I, doing that. I know, but uh, no, but it's you know it's an interesting time. The problem is we have three silver bullets a year and uh-huh. uh, three cornerstones, and so you know, right? Led Zeppelin, you know, that's not hard to figure out yeah. uh, to do Led Zeppelin. Uh, it's just. There's so much material out there, and especially today, where you've got music, you've got uh, movies, yeah. eh, but you've got television that includes cable and so forth. Right. And and the one thing that you haven't seen hasn't worked in in the past very much, and that's video games converted uh, to pinball. Uh, we haven't seen much of that. There was you know Street Fighter was done years and years. Ago. Yeah. Yeah, Street Fighter was um, uh, there was that uh, crazy crossover one. Remember that one? It was Star Wars, where it was, or uh, sorry, Space Invaders, where it was a mini pinball and the game. Uh, it was no, yeah, um, uh, Space Invaders. They did as a center shooter game. Um, Bally, Bally and Williams sued each other. It was Space Invaders and uh, uh, Rapid Fire. It was crazy. Center shooter game, you know, and space oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, things came down. Right. They, there was a big lawsuit between the two of them over it. Wow. Yeah, basically one copied the other, but it was totally different artwork, and you know, it's only so much you can protect. Time is of the essence. Do it fast. I got to tell you, man, I absolutely love this Led Zeppelin three. And if it wasn't a, a a COVID year, and I hadn't, you know, I'm a comedian, haven't been on stage in eight months, it would be in my house. And I, I kept thinking, should I buy this and not eat 
for a few months, but that'd, uh, be, that'd be my suggestion. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, having said that, this is going to end. Uh, yeah. and, uh, and we're not. Yeah. And so therefore, uh, if you don't buy it now, yeah, yeah, you can buy it on the secondary market, but we will make it, you know, we make games from the beginning from the outset. Yeah. Uh, we were making games we making games in the summer or what have you, when the commercial market was weaker. And we really don't give up. We really like to, a lot of work goes into these and so forth. And and it's different. People used to, when it was just a commercial business and it was a brisk commercial business, you know, the game operators who bought games would buy them all at once. Now they want to wait. Maybe they buy a little later and so forth. And the same's true with the home side. So although we come out with a new game every four months, three times a year, and we come out with three versions, um, and we have a big surge of sales of that game. We, we, we have, they have a long tail. And to tell you right now, we have, we have right now over the next number of year or whatever, we have Batman, Star Wars, uh, pro and premium, uh, maybe guardians, some more guardians, some more Iron Maiden pro and premium, Deadpool pro and premium. Uh, uh we're, out of Beatles, except this one back here right now. Maybe we'll make more of those. Uh, probably, uh, I don't know about Monsters, Black Knight. Uh, uh, we have the pin, Star Wars pin, two different versions, Jurassic Park Pro and Premium. Uh, we'll make more Elvira. We don't have any, it's not, we, we have virtually no inventory. We're building 70 games a day. Well, not this week. We stop for inventory. Next week, we'll be building 70 games a day. And wow. we're filling. Our business is brisk right now. 70 uh, a day. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So after Iron Maiden, we're still building Turtles Pro Premium, Avengers Pro and Premium, Zeppelin Pro and Premium. And then we're going to have another game in uh, in April, <laughs> oh, May. Oh, Jaws. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, know. I can tell you that it is not Jaws. It is a big title, but it's not Jaws. Wow. Well, man. Well, you know, the next title I think that's going to be hot is Mandalorian. People love this show, man. Don't and it's they, though? They do love that. I, I'm familiar with that one. Yeah. You know, we've done Star Wars uh, titles. You know, Data East did. Data East uh, Sega did two Star Wars games. Um, we've done Star Wars, you know, here, uh, we did two different artwork packages on it, the movie and the uh, comic book. We've used that title for our, uh, our, our home version, home only version, the pin, great playing game, great playing game. Wow. Uh, George did a fantastic job with that. And, uh, that's like a perennial title. They, they got to do something with stars sometime. Of course. But we, you know, we just did it uh, recently and we're just doing it again with the pin. So. Well, it was great to talk to you, and congrats on the Led Zeppelin. It's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. It beats working. Beats working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I really like what you guys are doing, man. It's just, uh, it's really, really um, epic to have a pinball company around in 2021. I've been playing pinball my whole life and i'm glad and this zeppelin the maiden the acdc the metallica these are some of the greatest titles that have come out in the last 10 years yeah especially that metallica man that game yeah. is probably the best playing game i played in 15 years i'm with you i'm Un with you unreal but right now i have to play zeppelin in my apartment but it's going to leave soon for whatever that next game is Oh, God. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks very much for having me. Have Bye, a great dude. weekend, huh? You too. Yeah. See ya. So long. Later.